Hello, ghouls and ghosts. Welcome to another eerie episode of Queers from the Crypt. Tonight's spooky story is about a couple celebrating their anniversary. However, things get a little out of hand. Let's just say that this husband loved his wife to death! <laughs> That's right. On tonight's episode, your ghoul with the drool, your ghost with the most is back. That's me, Daniel Adams. I'll be catching up with Rob and Jose. Tonight, we're going to talk about whether or not Halloween is canceled, Tony Collette's career, and of course, this week's episode. So put on your mask and let's go tricking. Oh, and treating too. Well, hello, spooky sissies. How are you? Hi, welcome back. Hello, I'm totally stealing that. I heard that opening from Wednesday two episodes ago, and Spooky Sissies is totally going to become a part. It's like my new favorite catchphrase. That's a good one. We love all our Spooky Sissies. It's so good to hear you and see you again, Daniel. How are you? I am lovely. It is the witching season officially. Uh, You know, it's October. Happy Libra season, by the way. I know you have a birthday coming up. I do. I uh, I am all powerful right now as as Libra season is in full swing. So I feel fully potent, ready to summon Manon right here. Exactly. <laughs> Not Manon. <girl. laughs> uh, well, we're three of four. We have to find our fourth. I know. We're it's all family tonight. I'm so excited. How are you feeling? Um, a little rough. Yeah, a little rough around the edges? Yeah, I had a little um, too many beverages last night. Uh-oh. Um, but no, what, what's a better hungover cure than some queers from the crypt, I mean? Yes, yes. I'm personally jacked on Java, or jack-o'-lantern on Java, we'll say. Ooh. Yes, that's the pumpkin spice version for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, what do we want to talk about first? I've been listening to the podcast. Y'all are doing amazing. Thank you. We've been trying. We've been trying. It's definitely not the same without you, but, you know, uh, Jose said the show must go on. So we've scrapped some stuff together, but I'm glad to have you back here so we can pick your brain. Oh, here I am. Ripe for the picking. Have you been having a good time, Rob? Um... I don't fucking know. Every day is the fucking same. This is no a good time here on the pod on the crib. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I thought you said <laughs> general. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is the pod is like you know one of my few escapes into you know my imagination and not just staring at the walls or watching the country burn down. Right, <laughs> fully. right. I fully concur. There's a real monster in the White House that we all, we're living in a nightmare. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Oh, jeez. 
Um, I am super excited because today the Boulay Brothers announced that on October 20th, they will be releasing a Resurrection special. You didn't see that, Rob? It just happened, like, oh. earlier today. I did not know that. I was distracted today by the trailer drop for the new Craft film. <gasps> that oh, dropped today, okay. too? Okay, yeah, yeah, so we've got... So we are sharing that with you. You're sharing that with us. We're on We're on even ground. How was it? What's your reaction? Let's hear the initial reaction. Uh, initial reaction is it looks much better than I thought it was going to. I really had you know, zero hopes or expectations for it. It doesn't look as bad as I thought. It just certainly lacks any of like the 90s goth charm that makes the original so mm. iconic. This one, I don't really see any flavor in it, but it looks competently made. So now, I'm not mad. do we know, is it coming out on streaming or is it gonna be in a theater? I believe it's on Hulu right uh, in time for Halloween. Oh. oh, okay. Tell me about the Boulay Brothers. I, I missed that announcement. Oh my god, it's so exciting. On October 20th, the Boulay Brothers are releasing an exclusive two-hour special on Shudder. It's called Resurrection. And basically, girls from all three seasons will be competing. And the winner wins 20k and gets to come back as a competitor for season four. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, they kept that under wraps. I had no idea I right? anything about that. I know. I wonder if we should have one of the girls here for a Halloween special. Of course. So initial thoughts, though, from you. Are you rooting for any specific monster? Firstly, have you watched all the seasons of Dragula? I have watched all the seasons. Okay. Uh, did they announce the cast of this? I don't think so, no. Not yet. Um, you know, I, I'm good friends with Violencia, and I do want to see her have justice on the show because her exit was definitely premature on the last season. So uh, I, I know that she had more to offer us that season. So I, I hope that they have her on. I want to see you jump out of a plane as Susan Boyle, by the way. That just came to mind. Um, I'm going to say that I would love to see Frankie Doom come back for season four. Mm. Love Frankie. Uh, Louisiana Purchase would be great. I mean, there's so many talented people on that show. So I would love to see um, Abora come back. And Meatball. Meatball has to be in it. I would be surprised if Meatball wasn't. Right? I, I think so. I mean, she's really carved out her own space for herself. You know, she did the right thing where she got on the show and then branded herself outside of it and really took off. And, and they could have her back, but I don't even think Meatball needs it. I think she's got a good thing going for herself. I mean, but who doesn't want 20K, though? Well, uh, meatball, you better be on that fucking show. Um, so this is scheduled to air uh, before month's end, right? Um, next week, next Wednesday. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about it in a future pod then. In other news, I think whatever what's on everybody's mind right now is what is happening for Halloween this year. I know. Is it canceled? Is it happening? What's happening? How's it going to go? So, I saw that actually uh, Bane, the haunted house here in New York, is open. And they took, like, some extra safety measures due to COVID. Because already, like, you know, all the performers are in masks. Um, so, I was thinking that that could be fun. We could try that. When's that going to open? They're open right now. Oh, okay. So, there are some haunts that are going to be open. Have, Rob, have you heard of any haunts that are open this year? I have. I know that in some rural areas they're doing like haunted hayrides, but instead of the hayride, you drive your car through. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that sounds dangerous for the performers because I've worked haunted hayrides before and you get assaulted by the people you're scaring. It's just like a reflex. Right. So you scare somebody who's behind the wheel of a car. Mm-hmm. It's like they're just going to yeah. plow you down. <laughs> right. Fully. And then, and so we're talking mostly suburban, right? Like there, I know that the CDC's like announced, like they're recommending not to do Halloween for kids and parents, but I know a lot of suburban kids and parents are not going to be they're still going to be doing Halloween. But then in terms of the cities, like our bars, bars are partially open here in New York. So are they going to be open on Halloween night? Is that going to be a thing? I'm also worrying the election is so close to Halloween. Is there going to be like havoc on the streets and protests that oh night? Because, you know, Halloween's usually a ruckus anyway. So what makes this year any different, you know? Uh, I know drive-in theaters are, are screening, you know, a lot of um, retro films and retro horror films. So... Is that what you'll be doing, probably? Probably. I have yeah. to talk to some people and figure it out. But I I just went to a Rocky Horror drive-in this last weekend, and that was great. And now I kind of have, uh, you know, a fever for that. And I would love to go do that again for Halloween. Oh, that's so fun. I want to do that. Can you invite us? Yeah, my, my plans haven't been finalized, but I, I definitely want to celebrate in some way. It's just hard to figure out how to do that and how to predict what the environment's going to be like wherever I decide to go if I go out somewhere. So I guess that's TBD. And maybe by the next podcast, which is still before Halloween, we'll have finalized those plans. So we'll see. I know because like last year I wanted to do... Um this special episode where we record ourselves in the haunted house and like living all the horrors that could be so fun so maybe if we can figure out a way to do it the three of us should go to a haunted house yeah just record on the streets of bushwick right yeah (laughs) all the ghouls and goblins um yeah, that actually, that, yeah, that episode will happen one day, and it'll just have to be pushed to 2021, like so many other things this year. Um, but that actually brings me to a segment that I wanted to do today. Yeah, speaking of things getting delayed, and um, it's called Corona Coaster. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Corona Coaster. Ooh, and... And what this segment is, is it's all about movies in the movie industry. Um, I love following the movie industry and movie news. And there were a bunch of really cool films that were supposed to come out this year, this Halloween. They've all been pushed back, obviously, because of the closure of the theaters. But there were four that would be in theaters right now. Um, Rob, are you an avid moviegoer? I am. And I think I have an idea of some of the titles you're about to drop because I have cried into my pillow. (laughs) Yes. I've been pushed. Yes, absolutely. So there's four that would be in theaters right now. Um, Two of them, let's see if you can guess, two of them are going to be alien-related films. Any ideas from either of you? Alien-related? Yes. Like Alien the franchise-related? No, no, not related to the franchise, just they involve aliens. Like the films contain aliens, and they they would have been in theaters right now, and they will be next year around this time. Any ideas? Nope. Okay, I'll give you a hint. Um, one of them was a big sen- one of them was a big sensation uh, last year or the year before, two years ago, um, where people went to the theater. They had to be very quiet while they were watching the film. Oh, oh, oh a quiet place. Yes, the sequel. Oh to yeah, a- duh. Sequel to a quiet place would have been in theaters right now. Uh, did you see that? Did you like it? 
I did. I liked it, but I didn't like it at first, and I didn't like seeing it in a theater because I'm I'm like a Rocky Horror type of person. I talk through every movie. <laughs> Do you? I, Even in I the theater? Kind, yeah, I'm, well, yes. I mean, not like a ton. You know, I'm respectful to the people around me, but specifically with The Quiet Place is like, I couldn't say a goddamn thing. The theater was so quiet, you could hear a pin drop. And right. I like to crack jokes and everything, and I just sat there frustrated the whole time because I couldn't open my fat mouth. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun one to see. I really enjoyed it. Um... I, I liked the element of having to be quiet and everything in there. And I, the movie was hugely successful. I'm looking forward to the sequel. Um, it was such a fun movie. Like, it's just a really fun ride. Yeah. Also fun because Krasinski directed it as well. Right. Yeah. And also, death representation is super important. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. And few and far between. The other one that I was thinking of is a little bit of a stretch, um, but I do consider it... Uh, sort of scary uh, it's the venom sequel either of you see venom oh is no. that the 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 villain from spider-man yeah no how was it i surprisingly <laughs> really really enjoyed it um it's tom hardy takes place in san francisco oh, yes. uh mm. and it's sort of a comedy but it's uh you know venom is like an alien being that takes over his body and he shares his body with him um so yeah it was really fun anyway that that would have been out now and then rob what are your other guesses what what have you been crying into your pillow about i am i have been crying into my pillow about having to wait another year for Candyman and halloween kills mm, yes yes to really really upset me yeah, the Candyman remake looked really good. I love the trailer to that. It looks amazing. Same. Um, and then the Halloween, uh, the Halloween film actually is the second in a new trilogy, so they had to push both films back a year. I, I think it's time for Jamie Lee to go. You know, I was Jamie can get her money. I was really happy with H2O, I have to say. I was pretty content with that one. And she's back. She's doing a different thing. It's very different. I'm glad that Blumhouse got that franchise. And it's cool and everything. I don't know if I want to see her new iteration with this character. Because I've seen so many and I've been happy with other ones. So we'll see. I just wonder is, um, so Judy Greer is in the new newer films playing Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter mm -hmm. and her name in it is Karen and she's like a sniveling, annoying white lady. Mm. And I'm wondering <laughs> if now that they have the time, like, are they going to go back in and like crack a Karen joke? A, a oh my God, they have to. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. And I'm always, you know, what's interesting about that is I'm always thinking about how film, how much films decide to base their humor on the the climate in the moment that they're made versus making the film, you know, last for decades. Of yes. course, that's a lot harder with technology and everything, but if they put a Karen joke in there now, I wonder if somebody watching it 10 years from now would pick up that nuance. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see if the Karens are uh, <laughs> or not. Calling all Karens, Calling paging all. Karens. Um, yeah, so those are three of the four. The fourth is The Witches Remake, which I was really, really looking forward to by Robert Zemeckis, and um, that got pushed as well. So we're going to have a great year next year, um, as long as theaters are open, knock on wood. So, yes, that is Corona Coaster. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs>
So before we dive into tonight's episode, should we do a little shout out? Yeah, let's do queers and creeps. This, of course, is the segment where we celebrate a queer or a creep or a queer and a creep and just talk about why we love them. I have two that I want to talk about. Um, Jose, while I was listening to a previous podcast, you mentioned that I like Joel Schumacher. I do. He's one of my favorite directors. Very inspiring to me. One of the first gay directors that I started listening to commentaries of and started researching his story in the industry. Um, somebody I just like started to look up to and try to figure out how to navigate this industry. And he passed away this June uh, from cancer, not Corona related, but <clears throat> he was 80 years old uh, and he lived in New York. He was born in New York. Uh, to give you a couple of references, he did The Lost Boys, one of my favorite films. Um, he also took over the Batman franchise in the 90s and did the later two, to a lot of criticism. Um, but what I will say is that he is going to leave those Batman nipples in our memory for a long, long time to come, and I'm proud mm. of him for that. Um, yeah, so I wanted to shout out Joel. Uh, Great, great, amazing filmmaker. Worked with so many different stars at the beginning of their career uh, as well. And um, yeah, really interesting guy with an interesting story, uh, if you care to look him up. Um, the other person I wanted to give a shout out to, actually uh, circling back to Dragula, is somebody that I follow on Instagram, Hollow Eve, who was very controversial on their season, um, but I love watching them. Uh, during the pandemic, they've continued to create videos that they post on their Instagram and everything, and they also do a lot of lives, and they've been actually reading uh, a lot of material during this regarding the Black Lives Matter movement and white fragility and all kinds of stuff like that, really educational. Just having like a lot of conversations about um, really important stuff, but also creating art and encouraging artists to challenge themselves in what they're doing. Um, they actually have a digital drag show called Plague Mass. And the idea behind it is to free artists from any sort of like commercially driven performance and to really go deeply inside themselves about issues that they want to explore. So unlike traditional drag shows, there's no limit to what you can do. There is nudity allowed. There is, um, you know, some of the performers do needle performance type of things and bleeding and stuff like that. So it's really intense, but it's really fascinating material. And um, yeah, that's just a, a creepy queer that I wanted to shout out because I've really been enjoying watching their stuff and I really love the... Um, the energy they put out there and the encouragement to artists to really dive deep into what they're exploring. Um, I do actually, I do have a Queers and Creeps shout out and that is Daniel's Letterboxd. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, he does really good um, reviews of what should we call it? Director's commentaries. Director's commentaries. <clears throat> and others, yeah, other commentaries as well. I've um, been reviewing commentaries on Letterboxd. If you would like to check them out there in the, at the link uh, in my bio on Instagram. Yeah. We also watched a good one the other night. It was Mommy Dearest with a commentary by John Waters. No! All right, well, that's it for Queers and Creeps this week. Should we do it? Should we do it? Should we do it? Should we dive into this week's episode, Three's a Cloud? 
All right. This week's episode is titled Three's a Crowd. Yeah, so the premise of this episode is that there is a married couple who have a friend who is trying to help them celebrate their anniversary and he uh, buys them a lake or rents a lake house for them to go to to celebrate. Yeah, as they go on this trip, the husband starts to get more and more upset about the relationship between his friend and his wife. And uh, you, you're, I don't know about you guys, but I was a little caught up between, okay, is this happening? Are they having an affair? Are they not having an affair? I wasn't sure the first time I've watched it. Yeah, I think that's the part of the fun of it. So... This week's episode is directed by David Morton Morris, who really didn't do anything <laughs> else other than, like, this. Um, we see an actor, Gavin O'Hare Lily, um, who also didn't do much either. And then Ruth DeSosa, who also didn't do much either. Um, what are you trying to say? But here? they're all really good. They're all really, really good. They are. They're all very good. And to say that they didn't do much, they didn't do much, like, iconic films but i did scroll through their imdb and they are all veteran television actors for the most part yeah in and out guest players on law and order and like every type of television series you know some people who say they just need to win their emmy and then be done with it yeah there you go you don't need to shade them they they retired after they got their emmy well nobody won an emmy for this episode but (laughs) (laughs) um so we start the episode with Dela, played by Ruth DeSosa, walking into her apartment. And there is Richard waiting for her in the dark, having a glass of whiskey. And he is upset that she took more than two hours on her shopping spree. Yeah, he's clearly already a paranoid, jealous guy. But also, he lost his job recently, so he's not being able to provide much for her. And so, like, all these things are playing into his insecurities, and they're making him feel, like, less than a man, which, you know, this whole episode is about, you know, like, the fragility of the male ego. Yes, well, he also divulges that he hasn't been able to get her pregnant. That's true. Dios mío. All of it's going wrong. Yeah, this character is a great example to me of, like, somebody who becomes so obsessed with their identity and so stuck in that identity, and they start comparing themselves to um, the world around them, and they just can't escape it no matter who around them is saying or acting otherwise. You know, very obviously sliding down a slippery slope of, of being a psychopath. A hundred percent. There was a quote in there early on in the episode within the first few minutes that kind of tickled me. And it's because this guy Richard is being such a prick to his wife already. And she's uh, she begs him. Please don't do this. Not now. It's our anniversary. And it just reminded me of uh, Dawn Davenport throwing a fit on Christmas morning. And then, not <laughs> on Christmas, Dawn. Not yeah. on our anniversary. <laughs> it's very bad. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> I want to see you in that outfit. Yes, I miss your impersonations. I love your impersonations so much. I go on your uh, your tab on Instagram just to watch your impersonations uh, story. Really? Yeah. Oh Oh my God, you're Mrs. Delphire. Ah, I mean all of them really. Me, I think the list goes on. Anyway, um, Alan is giving them a present. He's their best friend. He was the best man at their wedding, and for their anniversary, he's giving them a trip. Like they're all going to a little cabin and the gig and the gig. And as soon as the trip starts, uh, you know, to this lake house, 
Richard is already feeling left out. Alan and Dela are cuddle buddies. They're kicking. They're not including him. And so he starts to go a little real crazy crazy. Yeah, his his suspicions of their affair really start to grow because he he witnesses Alan rests his hand on his wife Della's leg and he tells him how he regrets not marrying her before Richard got her and like, you know, I I was feeling it right there with Richard. I was like, "Oh my god, like they are just stepping all over this poor guy." I know. This episode it truly is an emotional roller coaster in it. Well, I think his performance really makes you feel for him, too, because he delivers his lines in a very breathy tone. Like, he's always like, isn't that true, baby? Baby, we, sorry I couldn't give you a child, baby. <laughs> right? I mean, the whole time I'm like, what is this? What is this? He's a really good actor. I thoroughly enjoyed his performance. He, he gives a great performance, but he, he does look like 1980s Donald Trump, and that was fucking... Nin- 1980s Tony Collette. It's a fusion of both, really, yes. Oh my god, <laughs> Tony Collette. The whole time I... W- okay, so I watched this episode three times in total. <laughs> the first time I watched this, I thought to myself, this is like Tony Collette's brother or something. Like, this... Look, this I'm getting a very Tony Collette vibe. And then, and then by the third time I watched it, I was like, "Fully, it is a fusion of Donald Trump and Tony Collette." That is this performance. (laughs) Rob is so gagged. I wish y'all could see him. Keep that in mind. Rob is so gagged. I love that. (laughs) He comes out one night because he can't sleep, and he overhears. Dayla and Alan plotting against him. They are saying how a new life is gonna start and Richard has no idea what's going on. Like, it's really secretive, but tomorrow at the anniversary, he will finally know the truth and the surprise will be unveiled. Dios mío! Richard has his proof, everything that he needs to make up his mind that these two are in cahoots. Yeah, so it really builds up that tension and makes you question, are they fucking or not? Yes. The next morning, Richard wakes up and he comes downstairs to find Dela and Alan returning from a morning walk in the woods. Um, and he immediately goes right to the bottle because he's a total drunk. And Dela's meeting with him again, not to drink, to which he replies, Why not? It's what I do. It's what I'm good at. Um, Dela runs crying from the cabin and even the housekeeper thinks Richard is a total dickhead. So then we find them later that evening where Alan comes back to the house and that is when he finds Richard at the top of the stairs with a crossbow. (laughs) And this motherfucker is not happy to see Alan. He's been practicing with that crossbow and he shoots Alan right in the gut. (laughs) And Alan dies. And so, Dayla comes running back into the house because she needs to get Alan and Richard so that they can unveil the surprise to Richard. And yes. what does she find? What does she find? She sees Richard, who's lurking in the dark, wearing her coat. and He's all bloody. And he shows her Alan's body. Dios mío. Dayla runs upstairs, scared as fuck. You know, she boards herself up in the room and, you know, what, what the fuck is she gonna do? What the fuck is she gonna do? Richard's gonna kill her. Happy anniversary, baby. Ah! 
And so he's trying to pry the door open. And so she jumps out the window and lands by the front door. And so Richard rushes to her and strangles Dela. You fucking whore! <laughs> You cocksucking bitch! Did anybody else pick up um, notes of Laura Dern during her screaming sequence? Totally. That's what I was thinking about. I was like, she must have watched Laura Dern crying to prepare for this role. She was such a good screen queen. I like this, Ruth. (laughs) And so, Richard drags Dela's body to um, a cabin by the lake where, like, um, his surprise was awaiting for him, and as soon as he opens the door, surprise! Happy anniversary! It's a surprise party. All his friends are there, and it was a, it was, um, and she was gonna surprise him with that she's pregnant. Yes, it says on the wall, happy, what does it say on the wall? It says, congratulations, you're a father. You're a father. She was with child. Yeah, and this scene is like the equivalent of like jerking off and your mom walks in. (laughs) But it's your whole family and your extended family. And the Crypt Keeper has a really, really great uh, line after the episode concludes, which is, That's what I call dragging your wife to a party. This episode was really good, and I did love the cast, which consisted of, you know, Laura Dern, Tony Collette, and Harvey Levin. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and the award-winning performances, and I'm so glad that they did. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and Tony Collette. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, Tony Collette. I, I mean, rewatch the episode, okay? I need you to watch the episode again, and I need you to have Tony Collette in mind. I also need you to have Laura Dern in mind during that scream sequence. But anyway, yes, that is our review of this episode. I will say, the first time I watched it, I thought it was kind of boring. Like, I was over this character. And then as I watched it two more times, I realized that this is really about, like, the evolution of a psychopath completely losing it and destroying his own life for no other reason beside his own. Sounds kind of familiar. Anyway, um, uh, because I was so inspired by Tony Collette's performance in this, and I was also inspired by your Night of a Thousand Lance Hendrickson's, which, by the way, I just want to comment, I love Lance Hendrickson. I was so inspired by it and Tony's performance in this episode that I would like to do Night of a Thousand Tonys. Are you ready? Don't you swear at me, you little shit! Don't you ever raise your voice at me! I am your mother! Yes! All right. So, question one. Was Tony ever featured on an episode of Tales from the Crypt other than this one? (laughs) Um, I don't think so. No, I want to say no. You are correct! Tony was not featured in any other episode besides this Emmy Award-winning episode because she was busy. She was acting, but she was busy doing theater at the time, okay? She had eight stage credits during the early 90s, but she didn't do another episode except for this. All right, question number two. 
Which scary film was she nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress? Anybody? Anybody get any guesses? Oh, oh, uh, The Sixth Sense? Yes, correct! It was The Sixth Sense. And just so you know, this was actually the only, she, unfortunately she didn't win it. This was the only time she's been nominated for, a, for really? an Academy Award was in uh, supporting uh, for The Sixth That's Sense. A shame. She is Do one you... of the greatest character actresses of our, our, our time. I agree. Do you want to know one of the worst um, sins I've committed? As a horror fan, I've never watched The Sixth Sense. I'm like the only person on earth that has never seen The Sixth Sense. Do you what? know what the twist is by now? Yeah, it's like I know what the twist is, so I guess I just never saw it. What is the twist? He's alive. Oh, dead. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a twist. He's actually alive. And that little kid's just playing him. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get we'll get you there. We'll watch it together. All right, question three: What vampire remake did Tony Collette star in? Fright Night. Oh, you got it. I will know. Wow. It is the remake, the 2011 remake of Fright Night. Fright, the original Fright Night from the 80s is one of my favorite 80s classics. But yes, she was in the remake in 2011, also starring Colin Farrell. Very good. I think I haven't seen this remake. I think Rob is in the lead with with uh, two, two points. Two points, okay. And question four. Three and one. Three and one. In which film is Tony Collette attacked by a flying, sharp-toothed, baby-headed bird creature? Uh, Krampus. Which? Oh, well, you're cheating a little bit. We just watched that. I didn't watch it. You watched it. I know the answer. Okay, all right. So our score is what? Three to two now? Three to two. Catching up, catching up. Let's see. What do I win? You could still take this. We've got two more questions left. All right, question five. In which film does she silently float across a darkened room? Which film does Toni Collette float? Hereditary. Correct. And Rob was nodding along, so I... Uh, he didn't say it. I wish we had a buzzer. We need to figure out a buzzer situation. Right. Beep. Now that there's three of us. All right. <clears throat> Question six. Which Guillermo del Toro film is Tony Collette featured in? Which Guillermo del Toro film is Tony Collette featured in? Wait, did I just see that? Is it... Is it... It's not Mimic. No. Oh, ba uh, Batman. Uh, close, no, that's incorrect. Uh, there is not a Batman film by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> then what was I thinking? Oh, is it Crimson Peak? She's not in that, no. No, she's not in that, no. no. Um, she's not in any of the Hellboys. Oh, you're doing very well, Rob. You're doing very well. She's not in the shape of water. No, you have to. Be, you have to be really. Um, you have to be really clued into Guillermo's work. It's actually the upcoming film Nightmare. Ah no. Yes, it's the upcoming film Nightmare Alley. Don't shake your head at me. Don't you dare. <laughs> All right, Rob. Uh, are you tied, or did Rob win this round? Three to three. Yeah. I think we're tied. Three and three. Well, yeah. we're all winners because we got to watch the Emmy Award-winning performance of Tony Collette in this episode of Tales from the Crypt, <laughs> and that concludes the Night of a Thousand Tonys. Thank you. Very much. And so, before we conclude tonight's episode, should we do a little horror history? Take it away.
Um, so this week in horror history, we saw some, uh, we saw some really awesome classics come out. We saw Night of the Living Dead for, in 68, Texas Chainsaw in 74, Night of the Lepus in 72. Have you seen that? I have not. A mutant rabbit. Is that the rabbit one? Who's in that? There's a big star in that one, I think. Oh, I forget. We also see The Ring and Night Terror in 2002. But we also see Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation in 99. And then the Texas Chainsaw, The New Beginning in 2006. Both which side. (laughs) Also, Terror Train, starring Jamie Lee Curtis in 1980. But also, in Broadway history, The Phantom of the Opera opened... In the West End in 1986. And we're still waiting for it to close and update its special effects. Uh-oh. Masquerade. I know. That janky-ass <laughs> chandelier. It's such an incredible show, but the, the effects have not been updated since the 80s. Meanwhile, I saw a production of it in Vegas like 10 years ago, and it had modern special effects, and it was absolutely phenomenal. So oh, really? Joel Schumacher actually directed the film version of Phantom of the Opera. Did you enjoy that? Oh, with uh, Emmy Rossum. Yes. And, and Gerard. It had its moments. Um, I. You also said Night of the Living Dead in 68. Uh, so this month in 68. That this movie week. Came, this week, that, that movie came out. Wow. I just saw that last year for the first time in a theater at a special screening. So amazing. Oh, I, it's so good. Uh, I'm in love with that. And the way that it ended, I think, is fantastic. And it still lives up today. Such a good movie. And it's great that we're talking about Night of the Living Dead because um, we're also celebrating the birthday of Kyra Shone, who was the li- the little dead girl that eats her father arm in Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. So happy birthday, Kyra. Um, we're also wishing a very happy birthday to Betty Davis, Susan Sarandon, and Nev Campbell. And some, uh, I know, right? And some iconic creators, and Rice. Clive Barker, and director Ty West, um, who did The Innkeepers, Cabin in Fever 2, House of the Devil, and one of my absolute favorites, VHS. You really pack these horror histories. We get to know everything that was going on over the years. Yes. I love it. So many amazing names and so many amazing films. Oh, it just hit me. The Night of the Lepus, is that what it was called? I think Janet Lee. I think that's one of her last... Was she in it? Well, because also this week, Janet Lee died. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> we're also mourning Janet Lee, Chris Well, the psychic, and Edgar Allan Poe. Wow. Yeah. And that has been This Week in Horror History. You did mention Nev Campbell, and are we all excited for Scream 5 now that that is in production and happening? They're shooting right now. So excited. Uh, maybe we can have her on the pod. I am excited for that. I'm interested to see how they do it. I know that the directing and writing team is, has commented that they want to be very respectful and live up to Wes's vision for the franchise. Um, however, I still am skeptical because so many people have said that about different franchises over the years, yes. and I've been disappointed so many times. There's nothing like having an IP that you treasure like nothing else and then watch it be completely demolished and destroyed. You mean you didn't like the Terminator remake? Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. That's a podcast of its own. <laughs> Absolutely. This was such a fun evening with you too. We here in the crypt in this spooky cavern of... 
concoctions. Yeah, um, before we go, do you have any plans for your birthday or? Yeah, so I'm actually going with a good friend of mine, the spooky ghoul Angelica Sunday. We are bringing our two dogs up to Maine to go visit the locations for Pet Cemetery. And <gasps> we're going to visit wow. King's house. Oh my God. Wow, thanks for the invite, bitch. Happy oh. birthday. What an amazing, fun thing to do on your birthday. I think so. It's a little morbid to take our our dogs to the pet cemetery but <laughs> yeah is ripley gonna be okay with that have you have you prepped him or i mean yeah that's a good story a good walk i'll take you up there sometime what a blast well yeah i can't wait to hear all about that on the next one and see how it went all right ghouls and girls don't forget to follow us on social media all the links will be posted below um we post a lot of really really fun tidbits from the episode so make sure you do that don't forget to rate review and subscribe so that we pop up on more people's feeds and um also don't forget to buy my film killer unicorn on itunes amazon or wherever you buy or rent your films yes happy spooky season happy october everybody whatever your halloween plans are leave us a comment on instagram let us know what you're doing what you're planning on doing for halloween maybe you'll motivate me and give me some good ideas until next week Bye. Queers from the Crypt with Daniel Adams and Jose D. Alvarez is presented by Nightfix, featuring Wednesday Westwood as Cryptors from the Dark. Original artwork by Black Mast. Our original theme song is by Amanda Darkangelis. Queers from the Crypt is for informational, entertainment, and satirical purposes only. It is not endorsed by EC Comics or HBO or any of their subsidiaries. Tales from the Crypt, The Crypt Keeper, names, audio clips, and images are registered trademarks and copyrights of the respective trademark and copyright holders. 